So normally tonight I would have class, but I'm really starting to think I'm jinxed because my coach has COVID. Go figure. Um, He's down in Florida, and I hope that he recovers quickly. He's young and muscly, so I imagine he will, but that sounds a little stereotypical of me. But his girlfriend already did so, or is on the men, so hopefully... This will get through them pretty quick. If you remember, we are on step six, which is we're entirely ready. Oh, I told you that for a reason. I'm telling you that because I'm going to go to group tonight, which I haven't been to in, I don't know, five or six weeks, however long I've been doing this class. So I'm excited. I'm going to go see my my comrades from the center virtually for coping skills. So I might have some fun stuff for you in the morning. (laughs) Okay, I'm done being sidetracked now. So step six, we're entirely ready to have these defects of character removed. So I have the working and the writing the steps books in front of me. And we're going to do exercise one out of writing the steps. And then maybe we'll talk about the questions in the other book. So I picked as my character defect fear and It's really funny, the things that I'm afraid of versus not afraid of, especially not to sound sexist, but since I'm already stepping in shit tonight, um, as a woman, you would think maybe I'd be afraid of traveling alone or living alone or finances. Mm, I don't know. There's a lot more things, you know, walking in the dark that I, I think that there's some level of you think I'd be afraid of fighting for what I believe in in my career and in life and those really aren't my issues the the question tonight is um, in the writing book is write about your thoughts tools resources and actions that help you maintain serenity we'll need them to work on as we work through step six and it's saying that step six is best accomplished when we do one defect at a time which I said And the questions surrounding it are, what defect have I chosen? Fear. How has it affected my life in the past? And I think as it relates to recovery and my current mission, so in the past, fear, now some of this is from digging deeper than others. So there was fear initially of admitting that I had a problem with gambling. You know, there was probably over 20 years that I didn't admit it. 30 years. There's a lot of years I didn't admit it. Fear of, you know, being judged. Fear of, I think, to be honest, because I'm not one that always gives a shit, which is going to sound the opposite of what I'm going to share on in a minute here. But I think it was more fear of ending my relationship with gambling forever. I think that bothered me the most. 
afraid of never being able to go to bingo again, which I associate with relationships like going with my grandmother or going with um, my friend Jen. We used to not only were we gambling when we were at bingo, whenever there was a break, I was running to the slot machine or within our bingo game, we were gambling amongst ourselves with M&Ms. Whoever got the number first won an M&M. <laughs> yeah, I was a little I was a little bit addicted. So I think that was probably my biggest fear. The fear of giving up my best friend for so many years and also the fear of admitting that I was weaker than the addiction, essentially. Like I didn't want to, and this is even just with myself, like I just didn't want to perceive myself as a failure. And to me, not being able to quit gambling successfully made me a failure. And obviously it doesn't, knowing what I know now, not being able to quit and going through the attempts and, you know, going back out and, and going through the learning that comes with gambling and gambling recovery. I'm not a failure. I wasn't a failure when I couldn't quit, but I, I just didn't know that back then. And the next question from this book is, what benefits will its removal bring to my life and recovery? So if I don't have the fear of giving up my, you know, I actually called gambling my boyfriend, not my best friend, <laughs> to be clear. So if I had to give up my my boyfriend, what would I do with myself? What would I do? What would I do with my time? What would I do to get through whatever shit I was going through that I wasn't emotionally capable of handling? Because I didn't know how to ask for help, because I didn't know how to express my feelings, because I didn't want anybody to know my feelings, because I wanted my feelings numb. Like, what what would that look like? So the benefits of getting rid of that fear, wow, are, are pretty endless. Because once I got past... Once I got past the, trying to think of how to word this, once I knew that I could survive without gambling, it seems, it seems almost silly that I was afraid of not gambling. To know what my life is like now, and, and you're probably thinking, yeah, Bobby, you've been um, locked in an apartment for, gosh, is it? getting close to four months now, March to July. Yeah, almost four months. You've been doing nothing but working and studying. You have no fun, and yet you sit here and tell us that you have this amazing life. Well, I do have an amazing life. I am I'm alive. I'm independent. I, I'm not gambling. I know that someday I will get to live a colorful life. Again, I can appreciate things as simple as a hot fudge Sunday yesterday with Tara so yeah, it's a good life. My brain is changing because I'm learning, because I'm I'm practicing the presence that we were talking about this morning, which I did go for the walk, like I promised. And I actually listened, I was listening to the book about 
being present and I think I'm gonna have to listen to it about another dozen times so that I'm fully present for all the content in it because my brain starts wandering go figure so yeah my life is really good without gambling but I had to get past that fear of, of, of giving up my boyfriend so as I move into the next couple questions we'll see how far we get maybe we'll do one or two and and see what it looks like we always have tomorrow night June didn't end on us yet we still have a couple nights and then we'll start playing our next letter game so willingness and honesty were required to repeatedly try we're wow Willingness and honesty will be required to repeatedly try step six on all of our defects. We should become willing to mature and grow. We must approach our growth slowly, one day at a time. So the discussion questions are, did our aim at maturity start before or during GA? When I first read this, I think of, I was... In a lot of cases, I was the youngest for a while. I was the youngest floral manager. I was the youngest truck driver instructor. Like when it came to my career, I was the youngest, which in my head kind of equated to maturity. Now, when I read this question, though, I think about it being emotionally mature. And I would have to say that probably. 90% of my emotional maturity has happened since March 21st of 2017 without a doubt on all levels about regarding myself regarding other people regarding my family regarding my friends so it definitely started after GA after I left treatment maybe it started while I was in treatment at least being open a little more but I definitely was not emotionally mature before any of that. Has my honesty improved? Absolutely. A million trillion percent. I never wanted to be a liar. And I really like there's some people in my life that dig and ask questions. And even though they meant to be innocent, if they uncovered some of my lies or my secrets, that really made me uncomfortable because that would put me in a position to lie if I couldn't come up with one of those lies of omission answers, which, oh, by the way, lying by omission is still freaking lying and it's still hurtful and it sucks to be on the receiving end of. Can you, can you sense a little, I don't want to say resentment, but I don't like being on the other end of that and I think it was shitty that... I was capable of doing that as well. But anyway, my biggest lies in life were regarding gambling and dating married guys. Like those were my two biggest lies ever. And, and, and honestly, I wouldn't even care probably at the time so much about dating married guys. It's just that I had to protect them on some level. But I, those, that was, the only two things I really had to lie about. I, I never really liked lying. Of course, when I was married, I was lying about money. You know, I was essentially stealing from Dave. So my honesty has improved. I know these don't really relate to fear, but I guess this book handles it a little different. 
And the last discussion question here is, are we more open-minded and willing to listen to others? And I'd have to say absolutely. Again, although if I was, you know, I'm never going to be perfect at anything or everything. (laughs) I'm just not going to be perfect. And the more I learn about what I don't know, the more I learn that there's always going to be things I don't know. And that's awesome because that means I'm always going to be searching for more information and I'm enjoying consuming all the information, not at the same time, but, but I really do enjoy that. And I am more open-minded and I am learning to listen, to be willing to listen to others. I do find myself still though, and this is part of that active listening that I need to practice is I could feel like my defense is sometimes creeping in, thinking that I know the best way, especially if it's those answers we don't like. And it's interesting because as I grow, I'm definitely more aligned. So with those people who would have given me feedback, I'm more aligned with them because now I can kind of see their perspective as I grow up and learn that my way wasn't the right way. So I'm trying to think of an example. Um, so I'm going to I'll put it in in um, terms of relationships. So because we were talking about this, I think, in the last week or so. Again, I have no sense of time and I apologize for that. <laughs> but, you know, if if someone was saying that you shouldn't be involved in a, a toxic relationship, whether that's like a um, spousal dating relationship or friends and family, before doing a lot of my inner reflection and deciding what my boundaries look like, I might have just tuned that person out. I I know that's what I did because I did it for lots of years with my choices in relationships. And I feel like they don't know what they're talking about. I wasn't open-minded. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Now, in hindsight, knowing what I know, I would be on their fence with, or I would be on their corner with them. I would be agreeing with them because I've matured. I don't know necessarily, and this is part of what I need to be present and dial into with my active listening, is if there's other things now that other people are giving me feedback on that I that I listen to and, and make decisions that maybe I don't agree today, will I agree then in the future? That's kind of part of the fun of all this evolution stuff. But I definitely, I want to model being willing to listen and being open-minded. And that's that's one of my struggles right now. And that's where some of my fear is coming in is I don't want to be a hypocrite ever. It's, it's definitely something that's important to me to not be. I want to practice what I preach. I want to be a good example for my community. And I want to show as many people as possible the healing that can happen if you do the work you know, when you're recovering from gambling addiction or any addiction, or even if you're just a normal person, if you do the work and, and you really 
are open-minded and listen, you can evolve and change and just be this level of happy that's crazy. Even even on the grumpy days, you know, it's it's still positive and happy versus numbing and not having anything to look forward to. So I'm afraid, that's where the fear comes in, I'm afraid that by by being open-minded, like, and, and I guess I get this from being maybe exposed to other people. And I don't want to make it about other people's opinions or whatever, but I, I see a lot of if it's someone who has a faith-based recovery, I feel like they can share that and they should share that. And I'm you know, open to listening or discovering. But it doesn't make their way right. Just like it doesn't make someone who does GA, it doesn't make their way right. Even though GA was part of my journey, it's not for me to say that that's the only way. And and that's what I'm afraid of. Even as I kicked off the show seven months ago, I was pretty passionate about my group and about 12 Steps and I still am because they were an important part of my journey and it's what makes me this way today. But as I do more research to be here with you and to understand myself, I'm, I'm understanding that maybe that isn't the way for so many people. And maybe the answer isn't always, we'll get to a meeting. And that was my old mindset. So I'm afraid of, I don't want to say disagreeing. I'm afraid of, the message not being received because the end goal is to help as many gamblers quit gambling as possible. That's what I stand for. And well, that was fun. My phone rang in the middle of my, my little spiel there. So I think that's an omen. I'm at almost 20 minutes anyway. So I'm going to leave you for tonight. I'm in a good middle ground. And I think we'll probably do one more night as step six. And I will chat with you guys in the morning. I hope that everybody has a good night or day if you're in the Philippines like my helpers. Wherever you are, I appreciate you. Especially, we're up to 36 countries. Isn't that crazy? So I know there's a lot of time zones and I I really shouldn't do this good morning, good night stuff. But it's habit and I'm with you a couple times a day and... I guess you'll always know what time it is New York time (laughs) when you listen. All right, beautiful people. Have a good evening. I'll talk to you in the morning. Thanks.